Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fifth Down. I'm Tristan Devlin here with my co-host, Pat Devlin. How you doing? Doing good. Excited that I'm here again. <laughs> well, thank goodness you are because you're the co-host. That's right. I'm fired up. I'm officially a co-host now, it sounds like. You are. All right, so let's catch everybody up if uh, they missed our first episode. We... Um, we talked about what a fifth down actually is to us, and I think we decided it is what happens after the lights go out on one pursuit or passion in life and when you're forced or you choose to start over. Is that accurate? Yeah, I like that. Okay, good. So we left off with you transitioning from the NFL and making your way into the professional world or as your new normal life, we'll call it. Um, so let's start from where... You played your last game, or you went to the Browns for one last game, and it was the last game of the season, and then it went into the offseason, but you knew that you weren't going to go back or pursue football. So what was your mindset heading into this new phase? Yeah, I, I had kind of resigned. You know, I bounced around for my last two years uh, playing, and, and like you said, I ended up in Cleveland for that last year, and um between the uh, the back injury, the oblique injury, the hamstring, the ankle, the, everything was just kind of adding up. Um, and I couldn't work as hard as, as I needed to work to get better. And I, I just kind of knew things were winding down. And uh, for that reason, you know, I, I feel like I kind of got lucky in that um, I had started my master's when I was still playing at the University of Delaware. And so uh, the, the football ops guy there, Jerry O, he reached out to me. And I, I think he was trying to get me to coach. Um, but, but he, he reached out to me and, you know, he asked, you know, if you're not going to play, you know, we'd be, we'd love to have you back at the university. Um, and you know, you can go get your MBA. So I think I was kind of lucky that I, I found something to do, right. Cause I always want to do something. I, I never want to be sitting idle. Um, so it was great for me to kind of put all of the energy that I had been putting into football into something else pretty immediately. So when did you hear from Jerry and how soon after, you know, you were, finished with the season that you were moving towards enrolling in school or starting school? So I, I think I knew kind of at the beginning of my fifth year, right? I was with the Browns and then I kind of got, I was cut by the Browns in camp. Um, so I wasn't with any team during the season. So I think I was helping out with the high school kids um, at, at Downingtown. And, and at some point I spoke with Jerry and went down to the university and talked to the dean talked to Jerry, um, and, and they were able to kind of lay the groundwork and at least tell me what I had to do to, to, to get enrolled in classes. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I think I did that while the, the season was going on. Um, and, and so by the time I was finished with the season, I kind of already knew that, that that was what I was going to do. And I think the, the semester started in middle February, beginning of February, something like that. So that's interesting. You already knew while the season was going on that you were prepping for your next step. Well, I wasn't with a team, mm -hmm. right? And I, I, the year before, I was with um, Minnesota for the second half of the year. Mm -hmm. But my fourth year, I spent half of the year not doing anything as well. So, um, you know, it's it, the half of a season is only eight weeks. Um, but still, it's it's kind of one of those things. Like, that's when NFL players get paid. So it was, um, you know, it was just a, a year to kind of sit around and do nothing and think like, you know, is this what I want to be doing? Do I want to be playing a couple games here and there and bouncing around to a couple different cities every every off season? Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it just gave me a lot to think about. And 
uh, I think those the the two years that I was bouncing around, I think it was good that I was in a football a little bit and and not in football a little bit, and it mm-hmm. gave me a chance to kind of think about what was next. That's so true. I didn't really think about that that you are you know waiting potentially to hear from a team, hoping I'm sure to get called to play somewhere, but then also having to have a backup plan just in case. And I feel like, do you think most people have a backup plan as they're playing or going through this phase? I don't think I had a backup plan. I was, I was 100% in on playing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I lived out of a suitcase for basically my entire career, a professional career. Yep. Um, I, I didn't really get settled down in South Florida, even though I was there for a couple of years. And then obviously when you're bouncing around with teams, you're not, you're not really going to get settled in. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think I had a backup plan, right? That it was, it was football, 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 nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, I think later we'll talk about some of the things that the NFL has out there, but I didn't really take advantage of any of it. Yeah. Um, while I was playing and, mm-hmm. and I feel like I was pretty busy while I was playing, but I, I think any of these things that the NFL offers, you can kind of make time for. Yeah. And, uh, it was just a matter of motivation, right? I wanted to give all my time and energy towards football. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't really have a backup plan, but those two years helped me kind of formulate a quote unquote backup plan mm-hmm. and kind of what was next. So because of Jerry and was he the athletic director at the time at Delaware? What was he? No, he was the head of football ops. Okay. So because of him, uh, he got your kind of mind moving in that direction. And so you kind of knew where to go, what you were going to do um, post-football when a lot of people, though, you would you say feel lost? Um, I would say feel empty more than, than lost. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just – there's a hole in their, in their being – yeah. Because they've they've done this sport for however long and you know, it's not like they have um you know, pick up I mean, I guess they do have pick up flag football leagues, but it's mm-hmm. not the same thing um as as the full contact sport that, that is football. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think a lot of guys just feel empty and they're looking for that competition. Um, at least I was like, I was always the guy who going into summer camp, I was so fired up because it had been a couple months since real competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was always like my high point of, of intensity. Yeah. And I still miss it. I still, you know, when August rolls around, it's always that it was that time of year when I was in the best shape of my life and, you know, I was going into, to fight for a job. Um, and I, and I really, really enjoyed that. So it was the competition that I think I missed the most the first couple of years. Yeah. And so it was finding what to put that drive into um, that that t- obviously took a couple of years mm-hmm. and uh, a couple different uh, tries to, to, to get it right. So before we get there, you'd mentioned coaching, and I guess initially Jerry approached you about coaching at Delaware. Wouldn't you say that that would be more of a natural fit, um, keeping you close to the game, keeping you with that competitive mindset? So if so, how did you know that right away you just did not want to get into coaching? I don't know if I knew right away that I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was helping out at a high school, uh, the high school that I went to mm-hmm. uh, in, in my downtime, right? So I, like I said, my fourth year, I was kind of off for half of the year and I was I was at the high school helping out. Um, and then same thing, my fifth year, I was kind of helping out at the high school when I could just because like it, it's a part of giving back. It's it, But it's also, like you said, like it's also fueling 
or filling that void that was kind of uh, in you, right, when, you, when you're not playing for a season. And uh, I think it is a good way for a lot of guys to, to stay in that realm. Um, but for me, it was just something that I, that I didn't want to do. It didn't like, it's, it's obviously super competitive. It's still football, but it just didn't fill whatever hole was in me. Um, and, and so for that reason, I didn't really uh, attack that, that, uh, that job. Do you feel like it would have been hard to be on the other side of it and not on the football field as a player, but as a coach? I don't know. I don't know because um, I mean it's 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 really competitive. Um, I mean I I didn't take a snap in a regular season game, so I was basically another coach for my mm-hmm. five years uh, playing pro. And um, so I, I I mean I I think it could have been a fit, but at the same time I I kind of got a taste of it, and it just didn't really it didn't really fill it for me. Um, mm-hmm. And so who knows? Maybe at some <laughs> at some point. Um, I know some guys, uh, who, who are, you know, doing a, a job in financial services and they, they, you know, they take off at three during the season and they're able to go, uh, you know, coach their, their high school team or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I know guys who kind of, kind of do both. And so, uh, you know, you never know what, what lies do they have kids? down the road ahead. <laughs> I think he does. I think he does. I think they're older. I'm like, yeah. as you're saying this, I'm like, okay, uh, when does that person have time to do that? Because if you have children and you know what that's like, it's well, it, uh, I mean, hard, it, it, to, hard to find much time outside of your uh, regular job as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about, you know, finding the right, the right job obviously helps if that is your goal right to to take off at three during the day it's uh it's obviously uh it needs to work with the job that you're actually working right right right. okay so then let's fast forward uh going back to your last game you're in the off season your mindset is that you're starting school or you had started school in february yep and then you receive a call from somebody potentially asking you to come back um you want to give that story yeah so the saints called me up in like late march Mm -hmm. and uh you know a guy who i really respect uh called me and he said hey i'd love to bring you in for a workout and and i I told him i said dan that's great but um you know i I haven't worked out in whatever it had been three months haven't thrown a football in three months you know my back hurts my oblique is still giving me issues um and and so i i didn't really want to tarnish his good name yeah Mm -hmm. um because uh at that point I had kind of resigned to the fact that like I didn't want to do it anymore right I didn't want to bounce around I didn't want to live out of a suitcase anymore um so I I appreciated that he thought that much of me to to offer me that opportunity right um but I just I just couldn't do it to him yeah there must have been something about having some stability right with starting school knowing that there was a plan in place knowing that you weren't gonna for the time being, be bouncing around, living out of a suitcase. And there must have been something to that as well that must have been comforting to you. I was still bouncing around, living out of a suitcase. Lived in my parents' basement for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Moved to <laughs> uh, moved to on-campus, or right off-campus, but I think it was still considered on-campus housing, housing for yeah. whatever it was, a semester or two semesters. Oh, boy. That um, was a doozy. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it still wasn't uh, solidified by any, and, and I didn't really have a job. Like I didn't know what I was going to do after school was over. Right. Um, and so I, I don't know if that was the case. I think there were still a lot of unknowns. 
you mentioned being on different teams, bouncing around, being in different environments, obviously. Do you think that by being on different teams and in different environments and having to adjust so quickly to these different places helped you to adjust, I, I want to say, better maybe in the professional work world since you were used to only the NFL world? Yeah, I think that the, the – well, not only that. So there's the change of scenery, kind of what you're talking about, right, being in, in a different city for – however many years in a row it was um, or a couple different cities each Mm -hmm. year. And, uh, but, but more than that, it's almost about the turnover in the league. Right. So like I think the dolphins in the first, between my first and second year, like they had a whole changing of the guard uh, in in that one or two year period. So much change. But really my, my experience was kind of similar no matter where I was right there. There were a lot of people moving in and moving out and there was always a lot of change and uh or pieces that were moving in and out and um so i think that kind of prepared me for the unknowns of the next the next step um because nothing was ever stable like like we talked about right um you were able to talk to great guys i mean all the guys that that get to that level are you know they're intense they're obviously at the top of their game but but most of them are are, are pretty decent guys to to talk uh, talk with and and chop it up in the locker room after a, after a hard day um so it's fun to kind of to, to build those relationships as well along the way yeah and you mentioned that when you got to school you weren't exactly sure what route you wanted to take professionally um so how did you figure that out i don't know it it uh i, I don't think i figured it out in school Right. I, I knew what I liked doing um, and I was able to, to kind of do it, but I don't think I really networked the right way. And I don't think I, you know, got the right internships. And a little bit of that was timing. Right. I started in February. By the time March rolls around, I was like, oh, I should probably have an internship for the summer. And by that time, you know, the internships are usually gone from November the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the next spring, I was graduating. Mm-hmm. So it, it didn't really give me an opportunity to kind of get an internship and, and do all those things. So I, I don't know if, if it really helped me or I don't know if I, if I knew what I wanted to do, I, I knew what I had fun doing, right. I, I sat in the trading lab and learned how to make some money, learned how to lose some money and mm-hmm. uh, met with a lot of the professors and kind of picked their brain about what was out there. Cause I, I thought financial services was like, you know, it was like, uh, you know, managing money. Like that was it. And, but there's so obviously a plethora uh, along the lines of, of financial services. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to kind of learn about what's out there. And uh, I had a lot of fun with a lot of good professors and a lot of good, a lot of good students as well. Um, you know, MBA work is a lot about group work. And, you know, some of those relationships that I formed during the, the MBA process were, were interesting as well. So would you say through trial and error? Because I know that um, you have had a few different jobs since entering the working world, um, the non-NFL world, to kind of figure out. And, and I think you've been on the lucky side. You haven't had to have too many jobs to figure that out. But through doing these jobs, would you say that that was the best way for you to learn, to finally figure out exactly what it is that you ha- are passionate about? Yeah, the best thing. Yeah, the best thing for me to do was or the best way for me to learn was to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I was pretty lucky. Every job that I've been in hasn't been a, hasn't been bad. It just hasn't been a great fit and it hasn't, 
excited me to wake up in the morning to, to go do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, as you mentioned, I was kind of like a soft in software development right out of, out of my MBA, right? I was, you know, uh, MBA with a concentration in finance and somehow I ended up in software development. And, and so it was a huge change. I mean, we were on a team and, and all this kind of, uh, you know, the teamwork that was involved was great. Um, but it was just something that was so different. And I was, I was willing to try it because I didn't, you know, what the heck do I know about the corporate world? And, you know, software development is the thing of the future. Um, but just that, that product development space just wasn't something that at the end of the day really excited me. And, and so I kind of knew it was time to move on. Uh, I've always been wanting to ask this because we've never discussed it. And I just thought about it as I'm listening to your story uh, when you mentioned internships and starting over essentially at your age, which is still young, but most people who didn't go on to play professional sports had been in the working world for maybe, what, nine, ten years by the time you finally entered the the workforce. So was it? Six years. Come on. Sheesh. <laughs> it just depends, you know. Would you say that that was difficult being in the position that you were in, being a coming off of being a professional athlete and then trying to start anew uh, with people who had been doing what you were trying to do for six years? I I think people had a tough time believing that I wanted an entry level job. Mm -hmm. I think that was kind of like one of the, one of the funnier things that I came across, um, you know, a couple of jobs that I really thought I, I wanted to do, right. I knew they were going to be hard. I knew it was going to be a lot of, uh, low man on the totem pole kind of work. Um, but it was it was interesting. Like folks just kept on saying, like, no, you wouldn't want to do this. you wouldn't want to do this job, <laughs> mm-hmm. or like you know the the it's not you, it's me. And and maybe it was just a nice way of them saying, you know, letting them down and, and saying no. Mm-hmm. But but it was always funny that that's that's kind of the, the route they went. Yeah. Um. And and so I you know as I was looking around, I a lot of that did happen. Yeah. Um. But I think in the end, it kind of funneled me towards something that probably would fit my my personality well which is what you're doing now do you want to explain uh just kind of catch everybody up to speed with what you're currently doing after all this trial and error yeah so <laughs> i'm a i'm a client advisor uh for uh independent ria registered independent advisor thanks for clarifying i always in, have to in, ask <laughs> in the philadelphia area mm-hmm. um and and we work with a lot of uh you know privately held business owners um, solving the problems that are kind of unique to them. So it's, it's been fun to learn about, um, you know, when you talk about kind of just, you know, managing money and stocks and bonds and all this kind of stuff at the end of the day, it's just business. Um, you know, stocks, just a slice of ownership in a business. So it's fun to be able to talk to all these folks who, I mean, they're not public. Most of them aren't publicly traded companies. We do have some executives in, in publicly traded companies, but these, you know, these business owners in these privately held companies, it's fascinating to hear what's going on with the business. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun to kind of pick their brain about what's going on because it is a, a microcosm of what's going on in the bigger economy. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, you weren't excited in the morning to go to work for some of the other things you were doing, not for not to knock on anything that you were doing because it was all great and good learning experience but again it didn't get you excited and passionate about your day and I I could truly say now watching you and seeing you your enthusiasm for the day that you truly love what you're doing is that would you agree with that yeah I love it there's 
so many meetings that I walk out of with our clients or prospective clients and, and you just kind of see maybe they didn't have a plan in place before, or maybe, you know, things were getting complicated in their life and they just needed someone who could simplify what was going and, and speak to them in a, in a fairly, um, uh, how do I say it? Um, simple. Yeah, simple, like simple, simple language way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, it's always fun to to walk out of that meeting and that kind of elementary way. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, elementary might be a little bit too much, but still, it's <laughs> yeah. You try to simplify it for them, mm-hmm. um, and, and when you do, and it and it finally, you know, it, all that weight is off of their shoulders, and they finally fully understand the concept. It's mm-hmm. it's fun to see that, and I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, so if anybody needs their life simplified, call Pat Devlin. Look him up. <laughs> we'll be happy to help you out. Um, all right, but we talked, we touched on it, sorry, earlier, and I wanted to get to it, and that is the tools that the NFL has and the resources that they have in place to kind of help. Because I'm sure other professional leagues have things that are similar, uh, similar programs and tools, et cetera. Um, so for people who are either in the league still or are transitioning out or are out and don't know what to do. Do you know some of those resources that they can look into or things that you mentioned that you would have wished that you maybe would have utilized? Yeah. So the, um, I don't know if it was the new CBA or what it was, but I think they kind of extended the amount of benefit that ex players and current players get for, um, tuition reimbursement. So I think that's great. I, I, I think that all of the the things that they offer now, I think are greater than five years ago when I was playing. Um, they, they still had some things. They had like the broadcast camp um, and a couple other camps. But now, just in business, like they have a real estate, they have a venture capital, they have, um, you know, a, a couple other, um, they have like leadership. So they have all these like business classes. Some are offered through, uh, I don't know, Wharton or... Um, uh, Columbia Business School, and and these are like one or two weekends, um, you know, with some homework in between, and it's really just a great way to kind of get or stay involved in a little bit of business, mm-hmm. and a great way to network with guys across the league, guys of influence in where, wherever you're going, New York, Philadelphia, Stanford, um, in, in California, right? So, uh, it, it, they're all just great ways to to get away from football, football. And, and get into, um, you know, something that, that might pique your interest. And it's a great opportunity if either the league or there's another group called the trust um, that I think helps a lot of ex-players. I was I was a part of the trust um, when I was getting my MBA. And um, it's just a really great way to, to kind of branch out. Um, and, and it's an opportunity that I, I don't think that most guys would go after unless it was – heavily heavily advertised mm-hmm. um, by the league and I, and I think they've been doing a much better job at advertising for these these things yeah and who is the person that they should contact within the team to uh, like the Caleb Thornhills of the team <laughs> I was, I was going to say <laughs> uh, player develop I think each team has a player development rep mm-hmm. and for Miami it was Caleb Thornhill um, he's awesome yeah who, yeah who's awesome um, he, never, he never returns my calls anymore so <laughs> Caleb, Caleb if you're if you if you hear this <laughs> call me um no he's great he um, is yeah but it, but yeah talk to that guy and, and he obviously would have or girl 
mm-hmm. and, and they would have a, um, a, a list of all those opportunities. Yeah. And then what would you say to anybody? It doesn't have to be a, a former player, current player, just anybody who is looking to have their fifth down or they're in it where they're needing to start over, wanting to start over and trying to figure out what their passion is because you went through it. Yeah, so for football guys, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And the one thing I wish I would have done is is just do what we were talking about, kind of take advantage of some of those things outside of football. Yeah. Um, there are so many doors that are open to you while you're playing, but they kind of go away once you're done playing. Um, and, and so to kind of form some of those relationships while you're playing is big. And um, I think if you do that, you are – engaged with your teammates you're engaged with the guys who are in in the uh the locker room with you for a couple months and then they're gone and and you know if you never hear from them again you know that's that's kind of terrible you really you really want to try to stay in touch with as many of these guys as possible and Mm -hmm. and try you know work it's work to to form those relationships it's such Um, a good point it really is yeah so i i think you, you have to try to do that yeah and um kind of follow where I, I've said this before I know but your uh, passion is where your energy goes so maybe pay attention to when you're not on the football field or baseball field or ho- hockey what is it rink <laughs> when you're not on the ice yep to uh see maybe where your interest uh your energy is going to and then maybe that can help kind of jump start your uh your your fifth down yep. yeah. no doubt about it all right well, always a pleasure, Pat Devlin. Absolutely. My sweet hearing, wife. <laughs> I love I love hearing all the good stories and learning more and more each time. So thanks for, for being my, my uh, what would you be today? My I'm your co-host. Come on. No, my subject. I oh, say. okay. My subject. It's late. Right. It's been, you know, it's, it's, it's late for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm looking forward to the next episode. You're probably looking forward to not having me ask you a million questions. Cannot wait. I know. Somebody else will be the the, the poor next poor subject. Soul. Yeah, exactly. But, well, it's been fun. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I am looking forward to the next episode. Thanks. <laughs>